This episode of You Talking You Too to Me is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code EDGE. From boy to boots... Getting the boots on, that is. This is you talking you two to me? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things you two. Welcome back to the show for another week. Happy week to you all. Um, here we are, uh, back in the studio... Uh, my name is Scott Ackerman, the host of the Comedy Bang Bang podcast and TV show. Ooh, Engineer Sam bringing up the levels a little bit. Whoa. Didn't have enough. Whoa. It's like, I need a little leftovers on that. Um, let me introduce my co-host. I, it's safe to say that you're not my guest. You're co-hosting this, right? You, yes. Uh, I'm co-creator. <laughs> Wait, you co-created this? Yes. Okay. Um, let me introduce him. He is, uh, I can, by the way, I'm, I'm motioning, if I sound distracted, I'm motioning to Engineer Sam that I, yeah, I can sort of hear in the headphones, but I, I like him nice and loud. You know what I mean? Like I, like turn it up to 11. Oh, like in Spinal Tap. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's this comedy film from the early 80s. And, I'm uh, going to switch headphones while you're giving me this boring explanation one of about the, this stupid movie. One of the characters, played by Christopher Guest, um, Christopher Guest of Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman fame, um, he says uh, he's playing a rock star. Mm, rock and roll star. A rock and roll star, guitar player. Mm -hmm. And he, in a quite a funny bit that a lot of, not Wait, many is people this know a, about. Is this an episode of I Love Films? I think it is. <laughs> Well, hey, welcome to I Love Films. This is your host, Scott. Hi, this is your co-host, Scott. <laughs> and, and we're talking co about... co-creator. <laughs> talking about a movie that I've never heard hide nor hair of before. Something called Spinal Toop. No, it's called Spinal Tushk. <laughs> Tushk? Yeah. <laughs> That was I Love Films. Hey, great episode. Let me introduce the co-host of this and co-creator of this particular podcast. You know him as co-creator of one thing, this podcast. <laughs> other than that, he is an interpreter of other people's creations. Very true. And it's very, very important to me that from now on, you... Um, ID me as co-creator okay. every time. I you will. Every time you talk to me. Every Wait, every time I talk to you? Every, Not even about this show? Every single time. A lot of people think that we don't ever talk about anything but this show. Is that true? You mean in our daily lives? <laughs> yes. It's become that. We, we primarily 
text and email each other about, about you too. But you know what's funny is we talk now more than we ever did before. Ever. So it's great. It's yeah. a see this I think that this show it's a lot like playing poker or sports or something yeah. like that. It gives us an excuse to hang out. I, I I feel like the listeners while getting more information here than they ever will anywhere else about, about you, you too. too. Of course. They will also be listening and bearing witness to a burgeoning friendship. Oh my god! Well, I thought that our friendship was burn it, burgeoning. No, it before was, this, it but was smoldering a, for years. I think it's a blossoming friendship. It's it's. I mean, we've known each other for years. I remember we played poker together once in probably two thousand four, probably earlier. I think I think I've known you. I think I've known you since the nineties, my good man. I. I agree, but I, what I'm saying is you, didn't, you interrupted me. We were playing poker shut, in, shut up, shut up, in, shut up, shut in up. 2004, and you, from across the poker table, kept talking about, kept talking about torque to me. Torque. <laughs> Do you remember that? Wait, uh, was, was that was, a movie you were it in? It was a movie I was in. I think it was soon after torque came out because from across the poker table, you kept saying, Adam Scott, star of Torque. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do. That said, I don't really know what Torque is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so maybe I did that week. I think you're fine. <laughs> Adam Scott, star of Torque, is here, by the way, co-creator of this very podcast. You talking, well, you too to me. Um, and... Boy, I let's play catch up a little bit. Yeah, um, ketchup and mustards, if you know what I mean. On my hot dog. <laughs> By the way, we're in a new studio. The yeah. reason why we're a little discombobulated right now, I were, you know, it doesn't feel exactly the way it always feels. Now, uh, this is the very first podcast ever to be recorded in the new Earwolf Studios, so that's quite an honor. It's really nice. It's very airy in here. Mm-hmm. A lot very airy. Very There's three white guys in here. It's very Aryan. There's only white people allowed in this in this <laughs> building, right? Um, and it's yeah, it's a it's a nice big room. It's more of a headphones issue to me. I can I'm I'm still uh, I, yeah, there that's the full sound that I'm talking about. I mm. need it full and rich. There we go. I'm that's glad. Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad that it's working out for you because I was about to suggest that you take those headphones and shove them straight <laughs> up your ass. <laughs> Why do you need to talk to me like that? Well, I was sick of hearing about it, quite we, frankly. You know what? We got very contentious on our last episode, and I... You I, got very contentious. <laughs> I did. We need to talk about the last episode, okay? I need to apologize to the listener. I need to apologize to engineers, such as Sam. I don't know if you were there last episode. I can't recall. Nope, no, he wasn't. If you're going to talk, get on mic. <laughs> uh, and I need... Most of all, to apologize to you, too, the band, because... <laughs> what about Paul F. Tompkins? <laughs> now, nah, fuck him. Fuck you. He was uh, like, what crossfire am I caught in the middle of? <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting episode. We taped two that night. Oh, boy. We did. And, the, and both of them were, were coming up on two hours long. Yes. And I was just loopy by the end of that second one. Well, not only had we recorded two episodes, I was feeling it by the end of the second one. But also you had recorded two other comedy bang bangs that same day. And those are not 
brief shows. Those are not brief and they're not easy where I'm just like asking dumb questions um, of some stupid actor about some <laughs> dumb band that he likes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You actually have to work. <laughs> so that was a rough day for me. If, if people did not get enough U2 on that last show, I apologize because I know that is my balloic on this show. What is that word? My responsibility. Oh, I see. Um, and I, uh, I know that I'm the one that you all look to for U2 knowledge, such as who are the band members. Yeah, and what their names are. What their names are, which, by the way, on a Comedy Bang Bang episode that I recorded that day, I got them wrong. <laughs> so I don't the know. The YouTube member band yeah, names? Yes. I was talking about the bassist Larry Mullen. <laughs> wow. So sin. am I qualified to, to host this show and be co-creator? Would you say I'm co-creator, by the way? I, well, um, let me... A couple calculations. Adam is counting on two fingers. He's just pointing, alternating at both of these two. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now he's like Mozart. He's playing air flute. Now he's turned into a Native American. <laughs> More like Robin Williams' impression of a Native American. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, this is you. Look, this is you two talking to me. No, what is this called? It's, it's called. Are you talking you two to me? <laughs> and we have proved week in and week out that yes, we are talking you two to you. Yes. Correct. Yes. That's that's what that's we what that's the whole point of the podcast is to prove to all the listeners that we are talking you two to them. They are, they are being talked you two to, to at them. Yes. That's to, what they're here for. That's what they're here for. Um, and, and we're going to just delve into it. This look last week, we had an episode where we, we didn't talk much you two. And for that, I'm sorry. Right. There was, we did pop. And then the following episode, was we talked to, to Pop F. Tompkins. <laughs> well, we talked a lot about the first time he ever heard of you two. <laughs> we <laughs> we covered that did. extensively. So this episode, we're going to go full bore. We're going to yeah. go full bore on you two, and we're going to discuss um, their one of their many comeback albums, "All That You Can't Leave Behind." Is that what it's called? All, all, all that you can't leave behind. All that you can't leave behind. But before we do that. You, on the way up, this is a new studio. We parked. Yeah. Um, we parked next to each other. We were directed by a very confused security guard. He thought that this building was much further down the street, but said I could still park here. <laughs> Wait, he thought the building he's guarding. I gave him the address. I said, is this this address? And he said, no, 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 that's down there. And I, and I said, oh, okay, well... Can I park here? He goes, yeah, park anywhere. <laughs> nice guy. As far as my relationship with him, I said, I'm with him. And I pointed at you yeah. and he went, huh? And I said, he... I'm with him. And he went, huh? I said, that guy over there, I'm with him. Huh? I said, I'm with Earwolf. I'm with him. He went, huh? I said, I'm with him. He said, oh, yeah, park with him. So that was a good good convo. He's earning his dollars. <laughs> You never know. He may be paid in bitcoins. 
I hope so. I think we all should be paid. Are we being paid in Bitcoin? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's the monetary... uh, It's the currency of the future. Currency of the future, yeah. What was I going to say? Monetary device? What what is money? Oh, boy. Oh, it's... Wait, is it time for another one of our shows? I think it is. (laughs) It's time for what is money? Yes. (laughs) Or is it... what, what, Don't we have it? one about yeah, money? It, it's called All About Money. All About Yeah, let's do that one instead. Yeah. Hey, that's my own side podcast, What Is Money? No, hey, welcome to uh, All About Money. And I'm uh, your host, Scott. This is Scott. And um, what, Bitcoins, currency of the future or of the recent past? Scott. I'm here to tell you that Bitcoin is the currency of the future. I think you need to be bullish on Bitcoin. I think you need to get it now. And I think you need to write it into the ground. What about all the people who have lost their entire savings on Bitcoins? I think those people are foolish. I think those people are playing the market wrong. And I think those people need to stop and think about what they're doing and get the Bitcoin and run it in to the ground. Wait, the people who already lost all their money should get more Bitcoins? Those people have learned their lesson. They're ready to get back in the saddle. It's America, goddammit. This is all about money. Hey, good good episode. Great episode. Maybe the best. Probably. Probably. So, in any case, before we get to... In any case? How am I... Is that that the wrong expression? No, it's great. (laughs) Look, I get it. This is payback for the last show. I was rude to you, to the band, by putting out such an unprofessional show. I think it added a a very real spice to the show. (laughs) And and it's going to make for a very funny, exciting episode. It really will. And, And this is the climactic conclusion of will we do more shows? Yes, we will. We're here. You know, we did discuss an idea for the future of the show we this did. past week. We do did. you want to talk about that? Well, I think that th- I think that we should run this one into the ground before we talk about the future shows. Okay. But I if you have future ideas of what look, we've covered almost everything about you two at this point. I mean, we have discussed the names of each member of the band. Not only that, but we've also discussed the instruments they play. It, it would be Easy enough for uh, for another podcast to just say someone's name. Right. And just go, you know what? John Smith. Hey, there's a name for yeah. you. Hey, sure thing. Right. But what we do is we tie that information together with, okay, what else about them do you need to know? What instrument do they play? What do they do? What band are they in? What And what function do they serve within that band? I.e., Spiritual, i.e. the monk of the band. (laughs) God, I cannot hear that enough. Um, And in this case, we're talking about the band U2. U2. No, U2. Hugh, as in Hugh Downs 2. Not at all. U as in just the letter U. Wait, half of a W? No, it's a, a separate letter from W. It's not half of anything. It is its own letter, U. Hugh. No. T, 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 U? No. U. Hugh, T, U. Do you have a piece of paper? I could write it down. Oh, yeah, sure. Here you go. 
Okay. Okay, thank you. Do you have a pen? Oh, uh, yeah, here we go. Okay. Well, you are a hard writer. Yeah. It takes me a while to write you, too. Okay, there's you. Do you see that? Do you see that? Okay, yeah, okay. You. Hugh. Okay, I think it's just a pronunciation thing with you. It may be, because I see that as a hue. Okay. What would you say if you pointed to me and you said, hey, you? He, Hugh. Okay. It is a pronunciation yeah, thing. It's you pr- do understand that this is just a letter. Uh, pronunciation. Mm, well, okay. Again, it's a pronunciation Pronunciation. Thing. Sure. Because you pronounce words. You pronounce words differently than I do. Yes. Correctly. Cor- Exactly. Mm-hmm. Correctly. Correctly. And you say correctly. Mm-hmm. The second symbol in the name of the band is just... Can I see that piece of paper again? Yeah, here we go. Okay, give me that pen to... Okay, I'm writing the second symbol. This is a strange sound effect. Yeah. You have you have an odd writing style. Well, it's... I, I was born in Mesopotamia. Okay. Two is the second symbol. So, Wait, so is this like two U's, like a W? No, the the like the W the number, hotel. The number two. It's the letter U, and then the number two, and you put them together. What do you get? Double hue. Nope. <laughs> you get U two. That's the band. That's the band. The titular band in. Hugh talking Hugh to i.e. double Hugh to me. You know what? We'll work on it. Next week we'll have it straight. We'll have it down, definitely. So so we we rolled into this place. We were high on the hog. You have oh, to man. admit. You're uh, you're driving around your sweet ride. I'm driving around my sweet ride. Yep. It's another night in LA. Oh man. Hollywood. Windows nights. down, radio cranked. <laughs> Fucking cranked, and man. When I say cranked, I mean Fucking drilled. I'm t- I'm also talking the crank soundtrack. Oh yeah, for sure. So good. You have cr- I have the crank two soundtrack. They're both interchangeable to me because they're just on a loop. One, and two, two, one. We burned our own CDs because we both bought the soundtracks on iTunes. What uh, photo did you put on your crank soundtrack CD? I put Amy Smart uh, like when she was jumping over the camera, and you can see her vagina. That's the one that I put. Oh, cool. From Does crank that really two. happen in that yes, movie? Yes, from Crank Two. Because <laughs> I had uh, Amy Smart and Jason Statham when they're having sex on the horse racing track. <laughs> That's the same scene. I think. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we're we're just fucking. We're living it. Okay. Now you guys can have this lifestyle as well. All you gotta do is fucking get a TV show. Shit, bro. Get a TV show. Oh, you know what I did? Speaking of TV shows, you yeah. know what I wanted to hear an update from mm-hmm. you about? Weekend update? Was, no. Musical guest. <laughs> Can you say, and your host? And your host. Um, Adam Scott. Will we ever hear those words? And your host, Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation. They don't usually add a credit. I think for you, they would have to kind of explain. (laughs) I think that you might hear the the golfer. The golfer before you? Why don't you host? Have you ever looked into it? Honestly, seriously, have you ever had your person look into it? Why aren't you hosting SNL? No, I I have not. Paul Rudd? 
host three fucking times? Yeah. And, and you not great, once? Great job. Come on. He's your friend. You have to say that. He's my friend too, technically. Technically? What does technically well, mean? Well, like you guys, you guys are old friends. Right. I am an acquaintance of his, I would say. I've hung out with him. Yeah, you guys have yeah, known each other for a long we've time. We've known each other for a long time, but not in the sense that you, you guys, guys have shown each other your penises. <laughs> <laughs> but what the fuck, man? Why not you? Why not Hugh? Again, you're mis. That's no, I was talking about Hugh Downs at that point. Oh, Hugh Downs have, has hosted SNL. He's like one of John Goodman, Alec Baldwin. Uh, Justin he, Timberlake. He's in Hugh the 20-timer club. Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to talk to you about, speaking of TV shows, was you passionately uh, kind of went after parenthood a few episodes back for having an unrealistic depiction of a recording studio. Oh, it, do you mean the, uh, what's it called? The luncheonette? The luncheonette. I just wanted to, because to, I watch that show as well, I just wanted to do a little parenthood update with you. Oh, great. Okay, I, I haven't seen the last two episodes. Oh, you haven't? Are we able to talk about it? We can. Sure. Are I, they, well, are we, they we in the luncheonette? We can go as far as you've gone. I just want to hear your impressions of where parenthood's at. Oh, it, just an update on parenthood? Yeah. <laughs> what did I talk about in the last one? Just just the how unrealistic it was that this band was recording an album for so long at the luncheonette. Isn't it the same? And the lead singer in that band is the lead singer of a real band, right? I think so, and he was a good actor too. He yeah, did he's a good he's, job. Yeah, he's good. Uh, where? What are you trying to lead me to? Nothing. I, I just thought it was funny that you took such issue with a small detail of a well of a TV show. Uh, yeah, that TV show has some unrealistic. Sure, all TV subplots. shows do. Right? Well, I mean, I try. I strive in my TV show to have a certain sense of realism. Right. Nothing that would strain credulity. Okay. Credibility? I think I'm saying it right. Okay. Um, but uh, no, there's just certain things. I love that show, but the mayoral race and the luncheonette are two things that I kind of laugh at okay. a little bit. But uh, I haven't seen it in a few weeks, so I'm not really – it's not the freshest on my mind right now. Look, I'm a busy guy. I'm out there driving around cranking up the radio. Right. Listening you know? to Crank. But why aren't you the at least the musical guest? That's what I, you know what? That's what I should really shoot for is to be the musical guest. Why not for Parks and Rec this year? Just go, you know what, guys? I'll do a, what is it, seventh season? Yeah. I'll do a seventh season. Throw me one SNL. You know, that's a, that's a really, really good negotiating stance. <laughs> it's the same network. Well, yeah. And I have tons of leverage for something <laughs> like that. I think that's a great, that's a great. Tell yeah. tell Amy, nudge Amy one of these days again with, with your some, elbow. That is something that I will I would absolutely do. <laughs> just go just nudge her with your elbow. Go, hey, 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 Ames. You yeah. call her Ames? I oh bet. yeah, 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 yeah. Ames. Give me on Snull. They call it do they call it do they call it Snull? I think like, they call it Snull. Is that why for for short they just call it the snail? <laughs> Right, yeah. As we all know, for the first 30 years, yeah. everyone said, you watched The Snail last night? Right. And then it changed after 30 years. They mm -hmm. changed it. To just snuh for a while. And now it's just yeah, snull. Get me on snull, Amy. Why not? Why not? How bad could you do? Get me going on snulls. <laughs> How bad could you do that you, they won't let you on this? Pretty bad. You'd be good at it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, seriously, you would be just as good as Paul Rudd. 
Don't you think? I don't know. Paul's a funny guy. You're a funny guy. It's equitable, I this, think. You know what this feels like? This feels like like an an ant talking yes. to me about <laughs> Who has no like idea this. how show business yes. works? Look, the difference is, is I know how show business works. Go, look, I'll go to Parks and Rec, season seven, no problem. Tell you what, you want me to do 22 episodes? I'll do 21 and one SNL. <laughs> oh my God. And then I'll sit out the other app. <laughs> a good, that's a good, good idea. It's a solid idea. Just give me one week off. I'll jet over to NYC. I'll go on a Monday. NY. I just call it NY, especially in emails. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's, a, it's quicker. I understand. Yeah, and also, it's not like I'm going to be going to Rochester. I'm going to New York City. Sure. We Every, all know where we're going. Everyone going knows to, yeah, that. Everyone knows. I'll jet on over on a Monday. I'll come back on. Look, I'll even come back Saturday night after the show. Sure. If you want me to. Red eye. Sure, no red problem. Eye. One of those classic two AM red eyes. Yep, and I'll be I'll be back in uh, in L A uh, Sunday morning to start shooting uh, uh, Parks and Rec. Sunday again, morning, yeah, which is when we always start. As long as okay, I'll do twenty one eps, one SNL, which is episodes. Yeah, one SNL. I want to make sure that I do a Californians because mm-hmm. I got and. I, and also, I want to throw into the mix part of the deal. I want to do one Californication episode <laughs> yeah, as well. Of course, yeah. Look, parent companies being what they are, I'm sure Showtime is. I'm sure it falls under some umbrella. Some somewhere. umbrella somewhere. Comcast. Com. Yeah. Or at least like CBS. Look, whatever. Let's be honest. The United States government owns everything anyway. Uh, yeah. You know Thank what I'm you. saying? Thank you for saying that. You. You know what? You are quite welcome thank you i don't know why you don't do that you're like uh, you're a pussy or something okay i'll do 21 parks and recs uh one snow and one californication and what was the other one i, I, I that's all i had but uh, oh, i mean you have to do a california one, De- one dexter one dexter okay yeah they gotta so, bring dexter back yeah for me mm-hmm. to do what, who do you want to play in that um i want to be like dexter's buddy Texture's like, bro. Yeah, just like, like, like hey, let's go kill someone. An enabler. Yeah. And then he kills me. What? Yeah. Because you're only doing one episode. Just, I'm just doing one. So it yeah, can yeah. be a, they, they call that a uh, a capsule episode. No, what do they call they it? They call it a one and done. One and done. Or they call it, they call it, they call it a superstar comes in for five days. Yes, yes, yes. So you want to like be, that one. <laughs> you want to be the guy who like taps Dexter on the shoulder and is like, hey, Dexter, hey, I figured out what you do, and I like it. And then he turns around and, (laughs) that's all you want to do? Just fucking kills me, yeah. (laughs) But I want to take, like, seven days to shoot it. Can you imagine if if this were to happen in 2014, September of 2014, big Parks and Rec premiere, season premiere, to promote it, all of a sudden we got, musical guest, you too, and your host, Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder when they're going to do SNL. How, how long has it been since you two did SNL? They, I believe. Okay, they did it for all that you can't leave behind. Yes, I think they did it one other time. I'm not sure. I don't have that information in front of me. Did they do it for Atomic? Uh, all, how to dismantle an Atomic? They bomb? may have done it for the for the for uh, the other album, the they, one after that. They, they did not. They did not. Okay, then they maybe, did. Remember, they did Letterman for five nights. Yeah, for maybe no they've line. only done SNL once. Then yeah, didn't I, they do that for No Line on the Horizon? Letterman all week. Yeah, they probably did. 
Wait, that Trent. was pretty great. I have to say, mm-hmm. that was awesome. We're not at that episode. <laughs> I don't care what you think of it yet. But how great would that be if it was like? I feel like we, we know that he's a fan. So musical guest Hugh too. <laughs> Hugh again, Hugh too. How great would it be? I, I feel like you. Uh, and, and I'm not saying we should discuss this album. I'm just saying, from what I've gathered, you really didn't like No Line on the Horizon. Uh, I actually have a very interesting opinion of No Line on the Horizon, but okay. I don't want to talk about it. And I also feel like you didn't like How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. We will talk about that in perhaps the next episode, if we ever get to it. Okay. But we're talking about all that you can't leave behind right now. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but look, i got to talk about this, because I've been hyping it for the entire time. When you pulled up... Yeah. You got out of your car. Oh, yeah. You slammed the door. You didn't even look back at the car. You were just like so confident about the slam. You were just like, uh-huh. shagoom. That's how I get out of my car. And you were just like, you moved on. You were like a shark. You were sure. just moving forward. Hey, you were like, uh, show business is like being a shark. If you stop, you die. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, it's like business. And we got into this elevator. This is a dynamite elevator, by the way. Yeah. It goes up four floors. My compliments to the chef, mm-hmm. Sam. Chief. Um, and you turn to me, and you got a wild look in your eye. Mm-hmm. You got a hair up your ass, sure. obviously. Sure. And you, you turn to me, and you say, you ever been to Chop House? <laughs> shop House. Shop, is that what it's called? Yeah. Shop House? Shop House. You ever been to Shop House? Yeah. And I said, we, we went back and forth about what it was for yeah. a bit, and I finally figured out what it was and yeah. where it was. And I said, no, I haven't. And I said, why? Is it good? And you said, let's save it for the show. <laughs> so here we are in the show. What do you got? How is Shop House? Well, here's how I heard about Shop House. Uh, have you ever been on Netflix and you're going through and they have all those like documentaries inside McDonald's? Yes. Inside, and they have inside Chipotle? Oh, oh I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Okay. It's all about the stuff that we eat. They're very popular. Yeah. yeah. I had never watched one of these before. Okay. And I watched a couple. I watched... But I watched the Chipotle one, which is v- moderately interesting. But mm. at the end, they said, we, we're starting this new restaurant. It's the same basic idea as Chipotle, except it's Asian cuisine, and it's uh, cuisine. Cuisine, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think people in glass houses should throw stones at my pronunciation of words. Pronunciation, sorry. Um, and it's called Shop House. So tonight, a little time to kill before the old cast... What's go- By the way, what's going on? Why do you have time to kill? Usually you're the one saying, let's come in at nine. Yeah, tonight I... Your kids went to sleep early for some reason? No, I finished up what I was doing today and I just had to... And I had two hours until it was time to be here. What? Yeah. What were you doing today? You're not filming it's the none, show. It's none of your business. None of my business or none of the listeners' business? Uh, no, the listeners, it's totally their business. Oh, it's go ahead and tell your, them. No, it's none of I'll your business. I'll take off business. my headphones. No, here. I don't. Look, there. this is not a completely soundproof room yet. I don't trust you not hearing what I was up to today. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, so anyway, I went, I you know, sauntered into Shop House. I was like, what do you got, <laughs> Shop House? Just cock of the walk. Just oh, bo- man. Just going I, in there. King. How King. often, and this is, this is, I'm I'm genuinely interested in this. Yeah. How often do you walk in a restaurant? How often does someone behind the counter say, "Hey man, I just want to say I'm a big fan of what you do." 
co-creator of this podcast, yeah. nothing else. I have to say, in all honesty, in all honestly, <laughs> since we started this podcast, at least ten times a day, I get people talking to me about you about the podcast to, to me. It's a great fucking yeah. show. I'm just kidding. Not no, one person. Not one person. <laughs> okay. Actually, uh, I have, but it's mostly like people I already know. It's, right, it's not like right, right. strangers. People online, they love it. They do. They and love it. So much great fan art. There was a new one. We'll talk about the fan art after the break. Okay. I got to get the Shop House review. Oh, it was it was good. It's good Asian fast food. Healthy. Healthy in what way? Uh, like it has I vitamins? Not, well, no, I didn't die while I was there <laughs> okay. eating the food. So your health continued abated? As far as I know, my health has not been affected by the food. Except you just had a <laughs> gross burp. <laughs> what are you tasting as that comes up? Some sort of curry. <laughs> what did you have? You had uh, what, the Shop House curry special? Well, talk when I talk about cuisine. Is it time for This Is How I Talk When I Talk About Cuisine? Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Hey, welcome to This Is How I Talk When I Talk About Cuisine. I'm your host, Scott. And this is Scott. And I'm talking today about Shop House. Shop House is a new Asian cuisine restaurant from the creators of Chipotle. You walk in, very similar to Chipotle. You pick what base you want in your Asian bowl. You get rice, salad, uh, noodles, noodles, whatever you want. Then you pick a protein. You got chicken. You got steak. You got uh, some sort of meatball. Carnitas. Carnit. There's no carnitas. This is an Asian cuisine restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then you continue down the line. You pick out some sort of garnish. Pick out a veggie. Uh, then a sauce. Because by, by veggie, I got to stop you right there. What do you mean when you say veggie? Vegetables. You got uh, oh. green beans. You got uh, some other kind of vegetables in there. You mix it all up in the bowl. Bok choy? Bok choy, whatever you want. They got it there. Shop house. Then you move on down the line. You throw on a sauce. You, mm. want, you want mild, you want medium, or you want spicy, you choose it right there, they'll pour it on for you. They pour it? Well, it's a ladle situation. Do they, they don't drip it? No, they squirt it out of their butt. <laughs> hey, this has been This Is How I Talk When I Talk About Cuisine. Good app. Yeah, not so, bad, not so, bad. So, how was it, man? It was good. <laughs> I <Yes>. feel. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Why? That's all you wanted to tell me about it. You you had a, a fire in your belly. You wanted to talk about Shop House. Hey, listen. I saved it for the show, and I saved it for the show, and I just let it out. Yeah, it was good. That's all you have to say. It was good. All right. I hope they sponsor the show. I think they will, especially after I said they squirt the sauce out of their butt. <laughs> All right, we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some fan art. We've been getting some great fan art, and we'll continue our discussion of all that you can't leave behind. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're we're going in depth. Do we have anything left to say about all that you can't leave behind? <laughs> I don't at know. This we'll point? try to come up with something. We'll be right back. And we have another word from our sponsor. Quello Concerts. 
Quello concerts, amazing. If you love music, this is something you have to check out, okay? Uh, and I know you love music because you're listening to us sit here talking about them for <laughs> a couple hours. Quello concerts is the world's largest collection of full length HD concerts and music documentaries. Oh, this sounds amazing to me already. You can instantly stream the best artists and performances of all time on your mobile phone or tablet. That's iOS, Android, Windows, Computer, Smart TV, Amazon Fire TV, PlayStation, Roku, Apple TV. They got you covered. And it's all Kinds of great stuff, like full-length concerts from U2. Oh, click. That's me stopping this ad because I'm going to go there right now. <laughs> Not only just U2, Foo Fighters, Daft Punk, Metallica, Lady Gaga, Santana, Lincoln, Pahark, and more. Do you want to check out classics like Rush, Nirvana, The Rolling Stones, Willie Nelson, Maybe you want to go really classic. You can go all the way back to Beethoven, Pavarotti, Winston Marsalis, or B.B. King. Do it. Plus, there's amazing music documentaries as well. You can watch a whole concert. Or you can be the artist and create a set list of your favorite performances from multiple artists to share with your audience of friends. Yeah, that's right. You can stream that from any device for your and their listening and viewing pleasure. So go to Quello concerts.com slash VIP slash U2 talk for a free trial to get a taste of how awesome this is. That's Q-E-L-L-O. Don't put that U in there for Quello. Q-E-L-L-O concerts.com slash VIP slash U2 talk for a free trial. It's Quello concerts.com slash VIP because you're a VIP. Then U2 talk for a free trial. One more time. Q-E-L-L-O, concerts.com slash VIP slash YouTube talk for a free trial. Guys, by now, you know all about it. You've been listening to this show since the beginning. I've been talking about them ceaselessly, but let me tell you about Squarespace once again. Squarespace, that's right, one of our favorite sponsors. The all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. You know they have the greatest designs. You know they have the most constantly improving features and the most beautiful style options on the web, but... Did you know now every Squarespace plan is fully able to support commerce functionality? What you say? What does that mean? Well, let me explain it to you. That means that all of your Squarespace customers can now begin selling products online. What? That's amazing. Are you not a customer yet? That is the wisdom of a fool. Start your free trial with no credit card required at squarespace.com. If you decide to sign up for Squarespace, which I know you will, make sure to use the offer code EDGE, like the guitarist in YouTube, unit, to get 10% off and to let them know that we sent you Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Welcome back. Welcome back to Adam, who just took a squirt in the restrooms. How are the restrooms? Nice. This place is very new. There's no soap in the dispenser and there's no towels because I think this 
literally, this place just just is open cracked up. open like fresh bread today, like a fresh butthole. <laughs> I love it like a fresh butthole, like like a baby, like a baby's like a baby's butthole. <laughs> yeah, is that like, legal to say? Hey, look, baby's got to crack open they butthole. Isn't that a Sir Mix-a-Lot song? <laughs> I'm not saying anything that I want to do to it. I'm just saying they're cracking them open. Um, I'm going to refrain from commenting on that. Oh, why? Because you have so much to protect with your NBC contract? <laughs> How about doing, you know, tell you what, go back to NBC and go, look, I'll do one for you, one for me. You know, that's what I really respect about uh, some of the bigger stars. They do one for uh-huh, them and uh-huh. one for themselves. So you it's know? like, look, I'll do one episode of Parks, then I'll do one of SNL, one that I find fun. And then one of one more Californication. <laughs> one of Californication. Just one for you, one for me. So you end up doing 11 shows of Parks and then 11 just crazy other NBC shows that you that you want to do. Like do a revolution or something like that. Grim. Do a Grim. I don't give a fuck. Can I do canceled NBC shows as <laughs> yes, well? Yes, of course. Do Seinfeld. Manimal. Manimal. Do Matthew Starr. I'll do the marriage ref. <laughs> Don't do the marriage ref. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you were going to talk about fan farts. <laughs> so we've gotten, and I'm so sorry that, you know, we're, we're taping this so many weeks in advance, but we've gotten so much great fan fart. Um. Adam and I are constantly email. By the way, how does email work? Have we talked about this at all? Oh yeah, uh, email to me is one of my primary modes of communication with my family, mm-hmm. with my friends, mm-hmm. your fans, with my fans. Constantly emailing your fans, always. Yeah, and G- giving them the updates about what you're up to and about what movies you're in. Yes, and. What's next for me, really? <laughs> like today, for instance, I got an email from Scott uh, Ackerman. Yeah. He emailed me. He said, hey, we've moved studios. Here's the new address. Here's how to get there. Mm-hmm. Here's a little info on parking, how to, you know. Sure, a little bit of the tiniest bit of info. Tiny bit of info, but guess what? I didn't even, uh, I didn't need more than that. So it was perfect. It was, it was perfect, the perfect amount, yeah. Not too much, told, not too little. Told you where to park. And that's really all you need to yep. know. And uh, I just took that email. I was like, great. Hit reply. Said, thanks, Scott. See you there. No, you did not. No, I did not reply to that email. <laughs> In fact, I wondered on my way over here, did he get that email? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then was very happy to see that you made it. Um, but you know what? I, I don't think you need to say thank you to just something like that. Just like, you know what? If I... If I didn't get the information, I'll I'll send you an email of like, hey, what the fuck? Where do I park? Yeah. Or, hey, I didn't get this email. <laughs> um, so what what are the fan farts that we... Well, we got a great... Uh, here's, here's one of the most recent ones. Um, first of all, there was a beautiful one that took the poster of Rattle and Hum... Oh and yeah, and put our faces on it. Awesome. We were real. That that was a, just beautiful. By the way, Adam and I are constantly emailing these to each other, um, saying, "Hey, did you see this? Did you or see texting. this?" Or texting. I like to stick to email, but you text stuff to me all the time. No, I like the email. Oh. But um, so it's it's going. It's not going unnoticed. Um, we really enjoy it. But here's here's a great one, which is. Uh, 
you talking you two to me and it has several what do you call are they nestling dolls is that what they're called the dolls that fit inside one another there's a slightly smaller doll and yes. inside that doll there's a slightly smaller doll yes so it's it says all your favorite podcasts in one adam scott ackerman hosts Earwolf's number one U2 podcast for analysis of R.E.M., Bruce Springsteen, and College Girls. <laughs> and and it has uh, nestling dolls that say all about houses, I love films, I love, I love films, talking about money. Uh, what's this one? Dif- dif- something different? I, I don't I have this one. Did you send that to me? Uh, I don't know. But it also says in memory of Harris Whittles, and there's a terrible picture of Harris on it. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. I have that one. Um, so, yeah, what is that podcast called? Different Chin? Different Chin? We different did, Chin? Yeah, we did it recently. Um, I'm going to blow it up. It says did, div, did Different Chin. Okay, I don't know. We should start one called Different Chin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone also crossed our faces with U2 members' faces, and it's very <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, there's Here's a, kind of a fumetti. I don't know if you know that word, but it's a comic book made out of photos. And the first panel is Ames, your co-conspirator on Parks, uh-huh. uh, getting a back rub from Bono. And the caption is, so Bono, about those T-shirts. And then the next photo is her kissing Bono. And you see the caption, and the Emmy goes to Amy Poehler. And then the next photo is of the two of you on set. And it says, later. And then she says, congratulate me on my Emmy. And you say, did it come with a T-shirt? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I saw that somewhere. Did you send that to me? <laughs> I may have. I don't know. But this is the kind of wonderful thing people are sending to us. Here's one of, of me as Bono with the Bono uh, glasses and you oh, yeah. with, uh, I guess those are Larry Mullen glasses, the circular ones. No, those are Harry Potter glasses. Well, those are Harry Potter. Oh, that's right, because you have the Harry Potter scar on yeah. your forehead. You talking you two to me, BW, I love films. The premier YouTube podcast for analysis of Huey Lewis in the News, English Beat, Men at Work, Stray Cats, and other high-quality rock and roll music. Um, anyway, we love this fan art. It's, uh, it's fun. It is. It's fun. Do people send you fan art in your other job? No, not really. So this is, a, this is new to me, and I love it. It's fun. I love that people are listening it's to It's really show. nice. It's really nice that people are listening, and it's really nice to see these things because they're taking the time to do stuff that we have not, and it's really cool. Yeah, here's one. Uh, and it's cool that people actually like the show because after you kind of introduced me to it, I started reading the a couple of reviews on the iTunes. <laughs> those are really funny. We talked people, about those last some week. Some people really hate it. <laughs> it's great. I love it. And look, I, w- I want to be clear about something. People think this is a prank show or something, like a, uh, uh, you know, a candid camera, right? Like or, we're like we're some sort of uh, like we're spoofing something. Like we're Johnny K Knoxville. Yeah, like you know? we're getting punked on each other. Yeah, we're we're not doing this show saying, hey, you know, let's do a show where we barely ever talk about you two. No, we we come in here every week wanting to talk about you two, and you would not believe the amount of research that we do yeah. about these records. And then we forget, or we just talk about other stuff, but we love you two. 
And th- and that the is band. why we are talking you two. To you. To you. Speaking of you two, here's a poster someone made of you as Scarface in the uh, behind Scarface's table. And it says, first you get the edge, then you get the T-shirts, then you get the college girls. <laughs> Can I see that one? I yeah, don't think there you go. Um, so thanks so much for your fan art. Um, it means a lot to Scott and I. And we, uh, you're now you're just looking at all my pictures. No, it, it had moved. I, I'm just going to say that this one, it doesn't look like it was particularly difficult to make. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> but funny. I enjoyed it. I like the one of both of us as taxi driver. Oh, yeah, with our heads coming out of the taxi driver uh, neck. Yeah, I enjoy that one. You, oh. oh, you're Jodie Foster and I'm uh, Oh, okay, because there, there's two different ones. Oh, yeah, there, there's a different taxi driver one where uh, it's Robert De Niro's oh. head. Yes. It's pretty great. Some pretty great stuff. Uh, here's one where it's... Oh, look, there's a U2 poster on the wall in the background. Yeah. A mirror a of, image yeah. of a U2. That's awesome. A lot awesome. of detail. There's, uh, here's one. You talking U2 to me, Earwolf's premier U2 podcast for critical, critical discussion of Live Aid's Gritty Politi, Prefab Sprout, and the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> and it's a... Um, uh, what do they call these? The circles that intersect? The... Uh, what do you call these, Adam? Uh, Seth Meyers talked about them on his first uh, show. Right. The uh, anyway, there's there's. Uh, you talked about this one, right? The yes, rattle the, and hum one. The yeah. rattle and hum one. That's beautiful. Jucation. That's what this podcast is called. Jucation. Oh, Jucation. Jucation. Okay. I love this one too. The I love films one. Oh, and someone made in the Hollywood sign kind of thing. I know that you guys can't see these, but we just. I mean, they're all in the uh, Earwolf message boards. Go over to Earwolf.com in the message boards. Um. So. Okay. We, yeah, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Is there recent U two news? Not really. I mean, it's pretty much. You, uh, you are the same, right? I mean, it's not a lot of updates about the new album. We don't know anything. But I will say that before we get to all that you can leave behind, you wanted to talk. You you texted me just in a tizzy. Yeah. Is that safe to say you were in a tizzy? Oh, I was inconsolable, Scott. <laughs> inconsolable. And your wife tried to console you, I know, because yeah. she's good at that. Yes. She's a loving person. Yes. But there was no talking to me. <laughs> you. Because <laughs> what I had done yes. is I had gone on YouTube after our pop episode. YouTube. Yeah, we, I'd gone on YouTube. You got so interested in pop. We talked about pop at length. Well, you, had, you said you had just watched the Pop Mart live from Mexico City, I think, mm-hmm. uh, DVD. And I, I hadn't seen it in a while. And I feel it's like on, on the on the podcast, I kind of dismissed the Pop Mart tour a little bit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of said how I, when I went to see it, the stadium was half full. It was a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But I watch on YouTube, they have a bunch of the, the DVD is up there. And I watched um, a, a, good, a good bit of it. And it's amazing what they did. That... I have to say, when I saw it live, I was I kind of felt the same way as you. I was too far away. Yeah. It wasn't having the effect. But that DVD is really, really good. It's amazing. You know what was really cool about it and is that it was, what, 17 years? It was 
97. 97, so 17 years 17 ago. 17 years ago. It looks more modern than any show that I've seen Crazy. Recently. And also, I thought it was so cool how they all entered the stadium surrounded by guys in tuxedos. Yeah. It was a little different than when I saw it right the second show of the whole tour. If they hadn't so by the time, Yeah, by the time they shot this, it was all tight and great. And all the guys in the band enter the stadium surrounded by tuxedo. It's, it's like a boxing entrance. Yeah. And I thought and it was such a cool, on such a large scale, a stadium show doing like a happening like that. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, that's a badass entrance. I would love it's to. It's so cool. I would love to do an entrance like that in anything. And they have cameras everywhere. So the whole audience can see their entrance up on the 120 foot high screen. Mm-hmm. That's it's, a lot of feet, by the way. Yeah. Like, 120. I have two of them. Like think of that times 60. That's how tall no, that 120, is. 120, not 60. But my two feet? Oh, right. Think of those two times 60, and then that's how tall we're talking? I mean, come on. Well, how? what size shoe do you wear? Uh, like a 12. Okay, I wear an 11. Okay. So, um, and then watching the performances... Uh, the performances of the songs. I was Which, like, by the way, were by the band U2. Yeah, U2. Larry Mullen Jr., Adam Clayton. Adam Cray Cray Clayton, they call him now. They do? Yeah. Uh, the Edge. and The bon- Edge. And Bono. <laughs> Watching them perform. It was a, it was a cool... And you know, uh, once that tour was done, it was their most successful tour to date. Once they finished the tour. Once they fin- when they started it, it was like, it was hey, we don't know if going. this is going to be success yeah. or not. I mean, this is our first show. Right. Then once one show was down, they're like, look, we can't call it a success yet. We've All we've done is one show. By the end of it, they're like, look. That was a success. That was a success. <laughs> let's um, go home. So... I just wanted to amend. It was pretty... It, it's pretty... If it's you very watch impressive. It now, it's super impressive the the things that they achieved. And this is what I was trying to say when Harris was on the show. By the way, rest in peace, Harris Whittles. Yeah. Sorry. He's, well. I'm not really sorry. No. He was a pain in the ass. Yeah. He didn't add a lot to the show, to be honest. I actually, that that the episode he was on is just sort of like a vacuum in my mind. It really is. Not our best yeah. idea bringing him onto the second show. No. It's like, let's establish the rhythm, yeah. you and I, first. And then get the dumb shits in here. <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say, though, even though it's totally impressive and really cool. in the middle cool, of a point, but yes, go ahead. I will say that still conceptually, it's not totally clear what they're, what they're saying. Doing. No, but, but my point with Harris was he likes his rock stars to be regular dudes. Right. And a regular dude wouldn't achieve something as crazy as that tour. It's nuts. The lemon, the arches. But just just the fact that they created those screens for that tour is – and and they're they're not screens that you see a lot of people bringing out there these days. Like what's the biggest band that you've seen or the biggest tour that you've seen recently that you can think of? Boy, um, I haven't – been to a big show in a while. What's been going on, man? <laughs> um, I don't know. What about you? Um, well, like, okay, so a big band maybe out there right now would be the Arcade Fire or something. Right. And they got, like, puppet heads. Yeah. You know, maybe they have some screens. I'm not really sure. I saw them at the Palladium. The biggest show right now is the Miley Cyrus tour. Okay, Miley Cyrus, yeah. 
I'm sure she has screen or, or Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. Giant shows. Giant shows. I'm sure they have giant Justin screens. Timberlake's show is supposed to be very impressive. Yes, I wish I had seen that, actually. As far as all that goes, yeah. But still, I don't think that you could... I don't think their technical innovations hold a candle to what these guys were doing and still remain doing, if that makes sense. Like, Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus are doing like, oh, yeah, we brought a big screen. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing, but I've heard those shows are pretty mind blowing as far as like stagecraft and all that. Okay, goes. well maybe they're great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. for seventeen years ago, it's crazy, crazy. I mean, like I said, I, I watched the jo- uh, no, what is it called? Rattle and Hum. Yeah, you're listening to you talking to you too to me. <laughs> I watched Rattle and Hum, and then I followed it up with Pop Mart, and yeah. it's like two different bands. There. It's only ten years. Between those. A, ten, a nine-year difference, so and it's weird. crazy, the technical innovations. Anyway, so you – was there anything about that show that you were like, you know what? That was fucking solid. Musically? What show? Popmart. 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 Oh. Popmart. Um, Popmart. Yeah. I mean, it's – it all. you know, some of the – like, they come in doing MoFo, and then – I mean, the you know, again, the, the songs on pop, to me, aren't as – Strong. Although by the time they had them, they, they were playing them live, they were a little more fully realized than they are on the album. But they're a little like our favorite Dave Chappelle movie, half baked, a little half baked, a little half baked on the album. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I think it would be cool if they dug up a couple of those songs for the a couple of pop songs for the next tour. Don't you think? Like if they played Last Night on Earth, that would be kind of cool. I do you think they'll ever play anything like that ever again? Probably not. I think that they're a legacy band now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just protecting it. Maybe. I I think that one thing that The Edge has said in a lot of interviews is he doesn't want – Oh, the guitar player for U2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that he does not want to become a legacy band. But but yeah, I don't know. That's why they're – keep delaying their album is they want to make sure to make something relevant. That's right? true. I mean, like, have you ever seen the Rolling Stones or anything, any yes. of those big bands? Yes. You know, they, they play stuff off the new record, but it's not like they're out there playing like, oh, this is a deep cut from... Right. I don't know. All right. Well, we got to take a break. Hopefully that was enough U2 talk for you <laughs> fucking critics out there. You happy iTunes people? <laughs> we talked about them. What are, you, what are you drinking there? That was a, it's a soda, but sorry, it's sorry. There's nothing left in it, so it was just a slurp. That's just a slurp, bro. Save those slurps for the outside world. We're talking you too. Do you think during the break you can film uh, this cup with your cum? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back again. That's right, you two fans. We've got Trunk Club sponsoring today's show. They're back. What is Trunk Club? Let me tell you. Trunk Club is the outfitting service for men who don't like to shop. Usually it would end there. You don't like to shop? Well, you don't get to wear any clothes. But men who like to look good and who don't want to uh, shop, they what do they do? What do they do? They go to Trunk Club. That's right. Whether you need so many new items or just a pair of pants, Trunk Club makes it easy. Trunk Club, they search high, they search low. I hate the searching low personally. I'm a tall person, 
Anytime I have to crouch, it's the worst day of my life. Trunk Club, thank you for crouching for me. They search high. They search low for the very latest in men's apparel. They box it up. They send you a trunk of your items to your door, which is convenient because if they left it on the sidewalk, other people could take it. Plus, each and every customer gets their own stylist who makes trunk selections based on what you like or what you don't like. So here's how it works. I used it myself. They sent me some stuff. I tried it on. Some stuff made me look pretty damn good. I kept that stuff that I loved. Then I boxed up the stuff that I didn't like so much using their prepaid shipping label. I sent it right back to them and they had to take it. If you don't like what your stylist sent, you can easily send it back and it's free of cost. If you can put pants on, my friend, you can use Trunk Club. And I sincerely hope you can put pants on. Otherwise, we're going to have a weird dinner. Look, go online and check them out today. Head to www.trunkclub.com slash U2 to learn more about this great service. Make sure to use trunkclub.com slash U2 so they know we sent you, okay? And again, thank you, Trunk Club. Mommy, mommy, I gave you the best present. No, Mommy, I gave you the best present. All of you kids, shut up! You know who gave me the best present? This is Mom talking. The person who gave me a gift from ProFlowers.com. That's right. Thank you, Mother, for putting up with me. And here is a beautiful 100 Blooms bouquet. Oh! Beautiful. It smells so fresh. Plus, guess what? A free vase. Haven't you ever wanted a free vase, mother? Mother, I love you. Well, here is a 100 Blooms bouquet plus a free vase from proflowers.com for just $19.99. Hey, good enough for me, but some of you out there want to upgrade, baby. I get it. Upgrade to 100 Blooms with a pink vase and chocolates for just $29.98. Boy, that's not even $10 more. That's $9.99 more. Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last a full week, okay? Or you get your money back. I don't know which you'd prefer, but I would prefer they last a full week. Ordering's easy. You pick your delivery date. It is guaranteed to get there on that date. Fantastic. And here is the only way to get this amazing Mother's Day deal. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone in the top right corner, and then type in your favorite band, U2. That's proflowers.com. Click the blue microphone, type in U2. This deal expires Friday at midnight, so make sure you order today and tell your mommy you love her for once. Mommy, proflowers.com means I love you. Welcome back. We, we are talking you two to you. Um, and we've gotten to it. We've gotten to their big comeback. Now, when we last spoke you to Pop Mart, they are in a slump. 
They don't know what they're doing. Bono and The Edge, they're like at each other's throats going, hey, man, <laughs> I think pop's good. Yeah, well, I think pop's good, too, but people didn't like it. What do we do now? Well, I don't know. Let's take a few years off. Let's take three, approximately three years off and try to figure it out. Okay, that sounds good to me, but don't talk to me in that tone. They finally work it out and they go, you know what? We're brothers. We come from Ireland. We've known each other all our lives. Your dad put in $5,000, 5,000 pounds, 500 pounds, sorry, 500 pounds to get the band going. Your dad did the same thing, 500 pounds. We've known each other all our life. We owe each other. We owe it to each other to stick this out. Let's see it through. And let's shake on it. <laughs> yeah. And so they shook hands in front of God and everyone. Yep. And they remained brothers. For sure. And Pop 1997, All That You Can't Leave Behind comes out in 2000. Is that right? 2000. So three years. And in those three years, they say to each other, you know what? This dance bullshit. Why are we trying? What are we doing here? You know? Like, yeah. we like it. No one else likes it. What are we doing? Let's... Let's put the drum machines down and pick up our instruments. Like this last record where all four of us played a drum machine simultaneously, no one liked it. Let's put that down. Let's put it down. Let's pick up other instruments, including the ones we have traditionally played. Guitar. Bass guitar. Drums. Vox. Keyboards. Sure, a little bit of keyboard. Sometimes piano. Piano. Ding, 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 ding. My favorite YouTube. Is that from Walk On? I was singing New Year's Day. So they take over. Obviously, you you want to talk about this. Well, they decide that they they decide that they want to go back to the studio. And make sure. There's a no, bit of a back to basics record. There's no better way to record an album than going back to the studio. I think they got the feeling that people had had enough. They were they had, they'd had it up to here, and people by here had had it up to here. Where, where, what here was yours? My, well, to be honest, I was about tits high. Oh, I was going eyebrows. The tits, <laughs> on, the tits that are uh, traditionally known as the tits above your eyes, <laughs> the tits of the face. You were going full on salute. Yeah. Wow. So you're all up to the tits of your face. I'm just tits high on this. But look, we're like, enough of this. Enough, guys. Pop? Yeah. Not popular. Yeah. You know? Only sold 7 million copies. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> what is, a, what is, a bummer for am, them. Am I right about 7 million? Look, uh, I don't have any of my information I here. I feel today. like I read that today, but maybe that's... I'm sure it's. I'm sure it did. Maybe that's, worldwide. Um, I bet it did. Yeah, I think it's seven million. Um, so, but look, morale is low. Yes, it's not a good time to be in U two. They're a little bummed out, and that's why they went back into the studio pretty quickly after the Pop Mart tour ended. Because look, these guys they fucking love to take their time. You know what I mean? They love to sit around and go. Oh, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's go back into the studio. I'd rather take a sauna. Okay. 
After the sauna, let's go back to the studio. Uh, couldn't it be before this song? Okay. <laughs> so they're, they're back in the studio. They're like, you know what? We got to do a record called All That You Can't Leave Behind, and it has got to be good. Yeah. It has got to be a barn burner. Ripper. We've got to get back on the road. Mm-hmm. We need 11 tracks that can rock the house. So what do they do? They, they, You know what they do? They go, you know what? We're not working with fucking Jackknife Lee anymore. Is that who? Do I have the right guy? We're not working with Howie B anymore. These dance no, impresarios. Yeah, it was like Howie B and Flood. Flood. Hey, Flood, save it for the Noah movie. <laughs> that's a good burn wow that they said that was a creeper for me <laughs> that took a minute so they they go let's get back to Bay Sox let's and get, by Bay Sox they mean good old sourpuss Brian Eno. Eno hey Brian Eno come shower us with your grimaces yet again uh, they got Eno. Who else they got? L- Lily White. Is he back? Isn't he back for a little bit? Yeah, he's he's in there. He's in there. What about Lanois? Lanois in there. Lanois in there. It's primarily Eno Lanois again. Mm-hmm. Um, mixing it up, mixing it up, and they, I gotta say, they really go for it. That you know what? They did not take this task lightly. They and did not phone it in. Even it, though at the time email was becoming... And people had cell phones. People did have cell phones. And they so could they have, could have phoned it in. They could have phoned it in. And it would didn't. have been way more convenient than any other time in history up they to that They all point. could have just made the album from their separate homes. They could have. But no, they went in the studio in late ni- 1998 and got into a circle facing each other and played their instruments together. Yes, they pulled down their pants. Yeah. Yes, they started pulling on their puds at each other in That's this what circle. I mean by playing their instruments. <laughs> what what did you think I meant? So, what did you what 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 do you think of this album, Scott? Okay, let me tell you where I'm at at this point with you two. Did you think of did you listen to this album today? Uh, I did yesterday. Okay. Now, Is that where, okay? Yeah. Where are you with you two in the year 2000? I liked pop, as we talked about. Right. I liked the bold new direction. Yeah. Um, that said, they haven't really sounded like the U2 that I loved of Unforgettable Fire and Joshua Try. Right. For quite a number of years. Right. I like, uh, uh, what's that album they did after Rattling Hum? Octung Babel. I liked Hawktongbara. Did you like Hawktong? <laughs> but they've been working in this kind of like uh, electronic field, Zuropa and all this for yeah. for quite a while. A and decade to, almost. And to be honest, they don't, you know, like the irony angle from the jump with Macfisto, I'm not really on board with them being incredibly ironic. I'm not on board with them doing the village people. I'm working in comedy at this point. Yeah. Okay. 
And pop, you're like, leave comedy to the professionals. Pop was the first U2 record that came out since I had started working in comedy. Okay. And because Zuropa, I was still in diapers? No, I was still in college. Right. And then I went to work in comedy. And so Pop was the first one where I was like a working kind of, uh, I, I believe I had just started on Mr. Show. You're a comedy person. I was a comedy person. Leave the comedy, if not to me, to the people I work with. But were you also like, I'm a comedy person, here's this band I like, and everyone around me is making fun of this? Yes. <laughs> uh, what I was trying to get Paul F. Tompkins to talk about last episode is, yeah, I saw him on stage just obliterating Bono. Right. And um, just uh, his persona, his lyrics, his awards speeches, mm -hmm. um, just making fun of them all. And right. they're a band that I like and that actually I was DJing at the night that that um, we ran, the comedy night we ran at this place called Pedro's, which is no longer with us, but over across the street from the uh, Los Feliz 3. And um, I was DJing, and I would play a lot of pop. Yeah. And people goes, eh, is this you too? And people were turning – it's how quickly people were turning off. They were on top of the world with Octum Bebe. Yeah, I feel like I remember that, like, people were starting to just be like, uh, okay. Enough. Uh, look, Octum Bebe and Zuropa, you got 1991 and 93. Yeah. They're on top of the world. Then you have uh, uh, Hold Me, Thrill Me. People love that song. That's 1995. Yeah. Boom, 1997, people are sick of him. What happened? Well, I think it's that classic U2 pattern where they just... Hey, people like this. People like uh, Actung Baby and Zuropa and Macfisto and The Fly. Let's do it a ton. Well, I think maybe what they're doing is we're not done being interested in electronic music and dance music. So let's make another album like that. But we can't make a sincere album of this stuff which they actually mostly did, but the kind of whole campaign of the album mm -hmm. and the tour- How they sold it, the market Has marketing. to be some big, it has to top Zoo TV. Kmart. Yeah, but ended up being a little yeah. muddled, but still high quality. Rock and roll mm -hmm. uh, music. Mm -hmm. So I, at the time, I'm still a U2 fan. I didn't turn off of them like I did with the other people because I genuinely like pop for the most part. Right. And I'm one of the only people who's kind of like, you know what? I like it. I'm getting all the singles. I'm getting the dance mixes. Yeah. I like this style of music. I like. I tend to like dance music more than a lot of me and my friends. Right. A lot of me. Yeah. Um, Your other personalities. <laughs> so I I liked it, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind hearing a little bit of high quality rock and roll music. Sure. So beautiful day. The single comes out. What let's are your play, thoughts? Let's hear a little bit of. Do you remember that hearing song. this song for the first time? Beautiful day. I do, uh, Scott. I do remember hearing it. First of all, that keyboard and that that drum machine you were talking about. It hey. starts out. It doesn't sound like back to the basics. U two to me. No. It sounds like more of that. Uh, okay, well, oh, there's, there's a regular drum. All right, at least one. I think right about here is where Edge starts creeping in. No. Hey, Edge, get in here. Edge, where are you? Here it is. Oh, there's that there guitar tone. Um, I hear this song, and uh, I, I am with my former girlfriend, uh -huh. whom I married. 
Um, and so your current wife, <laughs> then <laughs> girlfriend. Yes. Okay. Um, and I, I go. That's a pretty good song, right? On the radio, was it on, on the radio? radio? Okay. It was on the radio, uh, and probably a a, a, a video. As mm-hmm. well, and I'm like, this is pretty good, and I kind of check in with her, like, is this good? Right? Like, is this legitimately good? Right? And she's like, I love this. Yeah. And huh. that—that's to me, that's a sign of quality. If two different people sure. can agree on something, then you got something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's hard enough getting two different people to agree on anything. Sorry to get two people to agree on a place to go eat dinner. Seriously, let like alone the shop a, house. Agree on a on a. On a on a rock and roll song, exactly. So yeah, I heard it and I was like, "Wow, this is like a legitimately good song." And then the more I heard it, I, yes. put, I used to make mix uh, CDs, yes, um, for her, and it was track one, sure, because it's a fucking anthem. It's a good opener. The more I heard it, the more I liked it, and I was like, "This is this is back to basics." Yep, this is what I'm talking about, while still sounding new. It's it's a great. Single. It's a great first single. It's a great introduction to the album, but it's also just a great kind of rabble rouser, if you will. I, you know what? I tend to like the rabble to be subdued Mm -hmm. because I don't want them to rise up against me. Sure. Rich people. Gotta be careful, (laughs) you know, with the rabble. But occasionally you gotta throw them a bone. Yep. You gotta let them feel good about their life. Otherwise, then they'll rise up in the opposite direction. You know what I'm saying? I remember you two being so excited for a new U2 album, and they had a website. Uh, well, they have U2.com, but U2.com at the time was really kind of um, rudimentary. And I remember they had little, like, 20-second clips of, like, five of the songs from the new mm. album. And I would listen to those clips Trying to figure day. it out. Yeah, and the one clip from Beautiful Day was at the end of the song um, – the very it, it was the last I think twenty or thirty seconds of the song, mm-hmm. um, and it was a little bit of walk on. But I, I listened to these let's, clips. Let's hear a, a little bit of the last twenty seconds of "Beautiful Day." So there's that guitar yes. tone. It's great to hear that again. And I remember hearing that last kind of when they're really kind of jamming because it's so great it's a great kind of classic u2 eno lanois thing where it starts as one thing and becomes a completely mm-hmm. different song by the end mm-hmm. and really opens up and expands and it's just a great like song. a baby's butthole yep um so i was very excited and then the single came out and i just listened to it so much and the video was good so you bought the single did you buy yes. the uh the UK single or did it come out in an American single? I think it was an import, but then it eventually came out in America, but import okay. was out first. It had Summer Rain on the was Yeah, the Summer other Rain. Song. Not so great. No. Um, what is your... What do your friends think? What do the people that you're in a relationship think? Well, my former girlfriend, now wife, sure. uh, came with me to Tower Records at midnight to get this album. Do you mean like the show at midnight? Points! Oh, yes. Um, why don't you go, well, by the way, why don't you go to NBC and you go, you know what? I'll do 20 Parks and Recs. One SNL with the Californians, one Californication, one Dexter, one at midnight. How about five at midnight? <laughs> why not? A whole week! 
Did you hear Arnold Schwarzenegger on Nerdist, by the way? No, I did not. Why would I have? I don't know. It's really good. Um, what, wait, did he did he ever say that he would be do, back? Do another episode? <laughs> I.e. be back? <laughs> um, so she came with me to Tower Records to buy. And I remember I bought two cops. I bought one for me two and cops? one for her. One for her. What does she care? <laughs> she doesn't, but she <laughs> let me do that. Aww. And I think I may have purchased a cassette as well because oh. I didn't have a CD player in the car or something. <laughs> what are you driving back then? I believe it was a Toyota Paseo. Okay. And what what TV shows or movies are you in at the time? Is this Torque? No. This is pre-Torque? Oh, yeah. This is, um, I was, I believe I was doing a play when okay. the album. All right. Not a lot of money in there, but you're buying, you're spending. I was spending Buco Dolores <laughs> on. Wait, is that your wife's name, by the way? Buco, Buco Dolores? Dolores? Yeah. She's beautiful. Thank you. I've seen her in magazines. I have yeah, to commend Buco you. Dolores. Um, so, yeah, I was super excited, loved the song, and then bought the album and just kind of went apeshit. And they were they were on SNL pretty soon after the album came out, I believe. Right. right? Now, uh, are you an SNL fan at the time or are you watching yeah. for them? Okay. So are you watching SNL going, you know what? That short blonde girl. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna marry her on television one day <laughs> and make out with her constantly. Um, it was interesting because I I think every once in a while on SNL they let the musical guest have three songs. Yeah, instead they of two. they did for Pearl Jam. I remember back in 1995. Yeah, did they for you too? They did for you too. Yeah, because they they let them close the show. They did for REM once too. Oh, nice. What year? What tour? It was Monster. Oh, okay. Eh, not the, not well, the, they always, they, they some, chose weird songs to do for Monster because they did like, I Don't Sleep, I Dream, oh which boy. is a weird one to do. Plus um, they, you know what? Like that is a reaction to the previous record too. Like it's like, oh, R.E.M. will do it. Let's get three songs. Well, not three songs from Monster. Well, there's some great songs on that album, but I thought I Don't Sleep, I Dream maybe wasn't the mm-hmm. premier choice. Right. So anyway, they let they they let you two do three songs, and my recollection of it is they did the two in the normal spots. You got the pre weekend update yes. with Cecily Strong. Yes, but as you know, Cecily Strong was not. She was not at the time. She I, may have been in diapers for all we know. I don't even think that it was really with Seth and Amy yet. No, no, it wasn't. It was. Uh, who was it? Norm Macdonald? No. No, it, w- it would have been uh, Tina Fey and uh, Jimmy, Fallon? Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, I believe. I think you're right. So, but but they so they did the pre weekend update with Jimmy Fallon, and it was beautiful day. I'm beautiful sure. day. I'm sure. And then they did the uh, about a quarter of one slot, which I don't know what song they did then. Probably stuck in a moment. Probably stuck in a moment. But then to close the show, whoever the host was, Val Drew, Kilmer, Val Kilmer, Valley K, um, he uh, abdicates the throne and goes and hey, here's one more U two song, and then the camera just pans over. U two is yep. there. They start rocking out. Was it a classic song? Do you remember? I don't. I think remember. it was Elevation. Oh, okay. And they're they're over there just rocking out while the cast, who normally is just sitting there like waving at yeah. their grandma. They're they get front row seat. Yep. And Amy P. 
your future castmate, I believe, is so overcome with emotion, she and much of the cast start wiping tears from their eyes. Oh, I don't remember that, but I do remember him like going around, going up into the audience, and then going and hugging mm-hmm. cast members. Yeah, it's a great moment. Look, regardless, and Amy was one of them. Regardless yes. of what you think about about you two. Uh, like their music or not, uh, someone that famous comes over to you and starts paying attention to you. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, so in general, there was this sense that they're back. Like they're mm-hmm. back to playing, not only playing their instruments, but being this open-hearted, sincere yes. band. But there was something extra special about it because they had all that irony like holstered with it. Like there was something... It wasn't just a return to like Joshua Tree days. It was them with all of that mischief and everything that they'd accrued over the past 10 they'd years. They learned some lessons. They weren't so achingly sincere. Yeah. That, that's, that's that what they were is. annoying, but they were back to they were back to singing about things like it being a beautiful day. Yes. And about like uh stuck in a moment like you know, reaching out to a friend in need right. and not Singing songs like discotheque about, yes. which is about going from to what a I, discotheque. Yes, going to a discotheque. But also the the other kind of sincere the 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 songs on pop that are sincere, like Last Night on Earth, Gone, Please. They're all very dark and very personal. Yes, these songs were sincere, but they were kind of open and they were about community and a sense of yes, community, the and, world, and like Walk On is about is such a heartfelt moving song i think even now listening to it you're crying <laughs> i am <laughs> but it's not a song you would find on pop because pop was either about completely um disposable trashy mm-hmm. uh, ibiza yes or about kind of dark very personal closed off things yes about daddy Yes. Why are you a jerk? And Last Night on Earth is just about someone who's just a drug addict. Right, yeah. And that's it. So this this just felt like it, it was a sense of community again. Um, and the shows, we're talking, right now we're talking mainly about the good parts about, about yes. this. The shows, uh, d- how many did you see from this tour? The Elevation Tour, I saw... Once. Just once. Did you see Anaheim or did you see Staples? You must have gone to Anaheim. No, I, yeah, Anaheim, the, yeah. the arena. Yeah. So you, they played Staples as well. Yeah. So you went to see when they first came out. You drove all the way down to Orange County. How was that for you? I was in the backseat of Joey Slotnick's Volvo. <laughs> I got a ride. <laughs> um, and we got down right at the tip of the heart. Did you think I was going to say tip of the penis? <laughs> you, you were in the backseat of his vulva getting down to the tip. Um, and it was a great show. Okay, now let's talk about the show because for people who don't know what Did we're you see about, that tour? I saw it twice. I saw Anaheim. I liked it so much. Thought it was one of the best rock and roll shows ever. I'd ever seen. Absolutely. I had to go back to stay. Well, how were your seats in Anaheim? Uh, I was on the floor for both. Uh, I was not inside the heart. I was outside the heart. I was on the floor for both. Yeah, general, I was general outs- admission. For you, I was outside the heart. Were you at the tip of the heart? I was not at the tip okay. of the heart. Were we at the same show? I'm sure we were, although they played several nights. So maybe. Who could have predicted <laughs> two little boys? They wanted to be big boys. At the Elevation Tour, 
2001 at this point. Mm-hmm. Spring mm-hmm. of 2001. Who could have predicted 13 years later? 13 They'd still years be talking later. about it. <laughs> um, Let's talk about the show and the differences because yeah. you have the Pop Mart tour, which is in stadiums, um, massive video screens. This was intentionally, and by the way, I've watched both DVDs. This this tour was so good, they made two different DVDs of it, two different nights. That's right. You have Live from Boston and Live from Ireland, Slain Castle. Live or Go Home go, or whatever. You two go yeah. home, Live from Slain Castle. Um, same show, minor set differences in both because they were about six difference, uh, six months apart. And Slain Castle's outdoors. Slain Castle's outdoors. They had to expand the heart a bit. But the the aesthetics of this show, it was basically all about just saying, hey, Enough with the bullshit. We're a band. We're a band. What did they do? How did they come out on stage? What happened in Pop Mart? They came out, Bono was wearing a muscle t-shirt, a t-shirt meant to imply he was a boxer with muscles. They had guys in tuxes. Um, They came out like a boxing ring. In this tour, the house lights are still on. They never go down. Yep. You hear the song Elevation start to play. They just walk out on stage in full lights. Yep. Pick up the guitars. Pick up in you know Larry Mullen's case two drumsticks. Two drumsticks. Puts his feet. I think probably one on a bass drum, one on a cymbal. Yep. I don't know how to play drums. No, I think you're exactly right. Uh, that's just my best guess. And then uh, Bono comes out. He comes out. He grabs. I'm guessing a microphone, much like the ones we're talking into now. I have to say, one of the best openers to a show ever, when they come out, house lights are on, they play three quarters of the song. With the house lights With up. the house lights on. And everyone's going crazy. And then right at the bridge for Elevation, all the lights go out in the arena. Mm-hmm. It's pitch black. And then when the song kind of revs back up again, boom, you got the stage lights on. People yeah. went Absolutely apeshit. People went crazy. People are jumping up and down. They're saying, this is the U2 that I enjoy. This is what I pay Buco Dolores for. (laughs) I also think it doesn't hurt that so many of these songs from this record became hits by the time the tour came out. Because you can't come out to Elevation and have everyone going, is that a new song? What is that? Right. It it was on the Tomb Raider soundtrack and actually was played a lot. Huge hit. Um, so really big hit. And you have Stuck in a Moment was a big hit almost yep. from the jump. Beautiful Day was a big hit from the jump. And Walk On. They're Walk all on. really big hits. And so they played those on the tour and yeah. and, and people were really into and them. And they were kind of instant classics. Like the, I remember the first time I heard the album, at least for the first. On cassette? Uh Either cassette or compact disc. And this is your copy of the record. It may, Yeah, it was mine. It was not my what, former what, girlfriend's, now wives. Whatever happened to that copy, by the way? Oh, I have them both. Really? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, but from the first time you heard that album, I don't know if you felt the same, but that, at least that first half of the album, you're like, wow. They're, uh, these how, are, um, this is amazing. Right. That tour, I just felt like... Such a great they, – they were playing classic songs again. Yep. Um, they were playing them in ways and – the, and the staging, when we talk about the heart and the tip of the heart, they normally in a uh, uh, 
arena show, the band is on one side of the arena and it's ovular. And so the people yeah. uh, on the other side are really super far away. They brought out a heart shaped ramp that jutted out into the center of the arena yeah. and the guys came and they had wireless mics and wireless guitars and they would come out on that heart yeah. and be playing a lot closer to everyone. Yes. And then they would set up like they did on Zoo TV. They would set up at the tip of the heart, like a little <laughs> mini acoustic stage sort and of. How did Joey Slotnick feel about that? He thought it was great. <laughs> We should get him in here. We should get him in here. I know. He's the best. Um, um, so that, I, it was so good that I went back. Uh, I, I saw it with my former girlfriend, um, whom I married, the first time. Then we broke up. Oh, and, did you? Yeah, we did. And so I had no one to go with, so I took my former manager. You know, who, by the time, yeah, okay. Whom I did not marry and am not still with. <laughs> who is that? Uh, great guy. Don't want to say, okay. but great guy and super rich because he's a producer on Game of Thrones. Oh wow! Um, but uh, great guy, and so he and he was like, "Yeah, this is good." But it was just one of those things where you just felt like hugging everyone yeah. around you because they're playing these amazing songs. And it was, I think, they, they used the same amount of technology, same same amount of technological know how as they had put into Zoo TV and Pop Mart, but they had made it appear Simple. simplified. Yes. They had one screen for each band member. And black and white, black and white, and And not moving. As as the show went on, the the kind of pyrotechnics and the the images on the screens got a little more complex and Mm -hmm. involved. But there was something very simple and intimate about the staging. Willie Williams kind of design for this mm-hmm. and it was I thought it was brilliant yeah it was it, it that is a great tour I would say maybe their best tour maybe in my opinion I it's the only one that I was like I gotta go back and see this yeah. again so what was different about the Staples Center it was post 9-11 yes oh that's Center. an important part about this yeah. album that we should talk about it came out in 2000 they started touring November of 2000 they started touring and um, they did the first leg of this tour before 9-11 happened mm-hmm. 9-11 happens and uh, some of these songs became sort of like anthems for America in a way yeah um, they played the Super Bowl in yeah. 2000 January of 2002 the first one that the Patriots won um, some people call it the best U2 half or the best uh, Super Bowl halftime show yeah. of all time. I say Prince is better. Not me. Prince just did a big medley. No, he didn't. He I just rewatched the U2 one and it was know. pretty great. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. But they, they played uh, Walk On mm-hmm. and Bono had an American flag sewn in the inseam of his jacket that right. he revealed. And that became an iconic image. But um, also they had that big silk with all the names of people. Of the who, victims yeah. of 9-11. So this album became sort of very, um, very important to people yeah. in that sense. So, so yeah, I saw... Th- I saw the Staples, which was several months after 9-11. Um, I think they they started figuring out what songs did not work. Yeah. That, that Anytime you see a U2 tour at the beginning, you're seeing them taking stabs at yeah. songs that 
don't end up working and th- that they weed out of the set list. Yeah. So, uh, for instance, when that Anaheim show, I'm pretty sure they played New York. Yeah. It was a big kind of centerpiece of the show. Yeah. It was a big performance piece. They figured out at some point someone tapped Bono on the shoulder and said, hey, bro, that song sucks. <laughs> and he said, what? <laughs> and so it was not, they didn't play that at Staples. I don't believe they did. Okay. Um, I will say that in the live at Slane Castle, not in there. Uh-huh. That the Slane Castle was um, second leg, and it was gone uh-huh. by then. Um, so, and they were just playing more of the typical U two songs. But but these the certain signposts were always the same. They always came out to Elevation. They yeah. always then followed it up with Beautiful Day. Yeah. Around two thirds of the way through, they played Where the Streets Have No Name, where and he runs around. He the runs heart. around the heart. So yeah, great. exactly. Um, so, but in the middle, they kind of changed. Sometimes they would play New Year's Day. Sometimes they would play Desire. To- when you um, saw them at Staples, did they play Kite? I think they always played Kite. Because yeah. they didn't play Kite in Anaheim. Oh, they didn't? Oh, no. maybe maybe they did the night. I, I can't remember. Um, That's a great song. All right. Well, let's talk about Let, the record. Let's go track by track through this mo- Wait, mother, mother slapper. Are you saying T by T? T by T. Which to Noah, our, who's good friends with Flood, that means two by two. Like a piece of wood? <laughs> no, by animals. Two by oh, two. Oh, right. <laughs> Two by four is what you're thinking of. Yeah, you're exactly right. Okay, so Beautiful Day. Beautiful, we've we, we agree it. that's an incredible song. Incredible song. Um, stuck in a moment you can't get out of. Not a typical U2 song. Not at all. Kind New of a ground for them. Let's play a little bit of that. Kind of a gospel song. Yeah. How do you feel about this song now, listening to it now? Love it. Me I too. love the song. I listen to it today and... I found it very moving. By the end, all those horns mm-hmm. kick in. And it's kind it of just, an Angel of Harlem type vibe. Yeah, it really is. But maybe even better, like it really, um, by the end when all the horns are in and he's really, everyone's kind of firing on all cylinders. It's it's really something. How does it make you feel knowing it's about Michael Hutchins, the lead singer of In Excess? Isn't it also a little bit about someone else that he said... Uh, it's about, I guess it's essentially, it's mainly Michael Hutchins. Yeah, Michael Hutchins, of course, committed suicide and, but didn't he do it jerking off? I thought so, but I think. It's not a true suicide friends, jerking off during his, it. But I think some people think he did kill himself. It's very sad either way. I mean, if you're going to kill yourself, I guess jerk off while you do it. Sure, why not? Hey, go out, go out, uh, go out swinging. Go out kicking the green animal. That's that's I made that up as an expression. For <laughs> I like it though. <laughs> Let's get some fan art about that <laughs> kicking the green animal. <laughs> but um, it's kind of like that, uh, you know, that uh, Alanis Morissette song. You ought to know. Everyone's like, "Oh man, a feminist anthem, powerful." Right. And then you find out it's about it's Dave Coulier from, from Full House. <laughs> You're like, you know what? And so, the video. I remember the video for Stuck in a Moment. It's a really like. Slick, well-made video. Joseph Kahn directed it, who also directed the- From Ele- the Wrath of Kahn? He, he also directed the Elevation video, and guess what else he directed? I couldn't even hazard a guess. Torque. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Did you ask? You must have been- Oh, sh- absolutely. <laughs> and he told me all kinds of U2 stories. Uh, that you can't repeat. I'm no, sure. no, no. It was like him um, 
would travel around on their jet with them. The Vertigo jet? Before the ver- it was the Vertigo no, the, jet? It must have been the Elevation jet or something. Okay. But uh, yeah, he. Just, I mean, his stories were all about how cool they were and how fun it was doing those videos. But I remember seeing this stuck in a, in a moment video, and it was all about football. Mm, oh, right, Do you remember right, right. that? Yeah. Do you mean soccer? Yeah, uh, no, sorry. American football. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know oh. you're very European in all your references. Right. Okay. I didn't know what you were sp- talking about. I know. You were completely lost when I said that. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking like, okay, they're really going for like American mm-hmm. audiences with this like football music video. Mm-hmm. American football. Did you so. feel like uh, patronized? No, because it was a fine video and stuff. I just thought it was a little whatever. Um, uh, boy, that curry still coming up, huh? <laughs> did it sound like a... I, um, so then you have Elevation. I maybe prefer the Tomb Raider mix, but this is the album mix. Yeah, do you have the Tomb Raider on? I do. Let me look for it. I think this is a great song, too. Yeah. Do you mind if I take a second and you talk a little bit while I look for this? Um, the Elevation... So the only video for Elevation is the Tomb Raider movie soundtrack music video, right? They didn't, like, make another one. Yeah, that's... They're, that's one thing about you, too. They're constantly making different videos. videos. It's too hard to, you know... Like, remember the days when David Lee Roth would make one video and you'd watch it over and over again and it'd be like... I still watch fine. his videos over and over again. They're so good. I think the elevation. Boozy, boozy, bop, diddy bop. I just read something where someone was criticizing elevation for just being nonsensical, which I think is totally fine. I to have a rock and roll song that's nonsensical. I will say I know what they mean. Yeah, it's, it's totally. It's getting into get on your boots territory. Elevation. I it, don't know. I mean, it, there's a little bit of rhyming dictionary, mm-hmm. uh, vi- a little bit of that vibe to it, but I think it's totally fine and super fun, and it's a great pop song. I only have the Influx mix. Hold on. I feel like I have the... The Tomb Raider mix? Yeah, I Why must. Why I have the Tomb Raider mix? This is the Influx mix. It would if be... If Engineer Sam would turn oh, it up. Oh, this is... No, this is yeah. not the right one. Wee! Here, let me let me pass this shit over to you, bro. Where's B sides? Look up the search function. B sides. Jesus baby. Christ! <laughs> search. Um, the search function isn't like. Here we go. Oh no, that's not it. I <laughs> just drive me crazy. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let me find it here. All right, pass this over. Here you go. This is Adam Scott with the Tomb Raider mix. This fucking better be worth it. Here we go. We're talking a lot about you too this episode, by the way. Ooh, heavier guitars. I think I prefer the album version as far as I remember. I haven't heard this in a while. It's heavier. Yeah. I like it better. It's busier. The guitars are heavier. It. What they always do is single... Remixes, mm-hmm. I find, is they just get straight to the hook right away rather than kind of building up to uh-huh. it. And I like it when they hey, kind of build up to it. Great for fishes. Getting straight to the hook. What'd you say? <laughs> great for fishes. It's great for fishing. <laughs> Wait, can we hear Can you be a little louder? I just want to hear it. Hips, 
I, as, I, good, as good as this song is, it's just one step away from Get On Your Boots. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can see the progression from this to Vertigo to Get On Your Boots. Yeah, I think Vertigo is a better song than this. Okay. You're, give me that thing. But I do... I can't believe you don't think Vertigo is a good song. That's crazy. I will talk. It's not time to talk about Vertigo yet. You just, just let an opinion seep out nope. about Vertigo. I did not. All right, then you have on. <laughs> then you have on the record. You have Walk On, and, amazing song. And here I am. Their first, their biggest singles. Tracks one, tracks two, tracks three, tracks four. Amazing. Amazing. These are all. Huge singles for them and great songs. Great what, songwriting. What does this remind you of with an album where all of side one, it, it's all hits? What I tell you, it reminds me of the Joshua Tree, my man. Me too. Although track five is not a hit, but it's a, a classic, instant classic. Yes. Track five, let's skip over track five. Kite is a beautiful song. Amazing. And uh, the first song recorded for the album. You don't say. I do. I wish you wouldn't. So... Yeah, this is a. This, by the way, one thing I have to say about these first five songs is the melodies. Yeah, are great. Yes, they are different than the choruses. Yes, uh, the, the 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 verses are different. The the choruses are sweeping. He's singing really well. Apparently, he had vocal problems that he had cured yeah. by this point. Um, and and it, hooks aplenty. Lot of hooks. Lot of hooks. That is kite. Then we go over to another one of my favorites in a little while. Great song. Let's hear a little of that. This is a terrific song. And this is not a typical U2 sounding no. guitar riff either, or nor arrangement. It's it's what you may call a throwaway, but it's I, not. It's a really It's such a good melody and you can't so throw good. this away. Especially so good the, live the chorus too. is so great. Yeah, it is. I was listening to this today. I was like, wow, this is so solid. So here we are. We have six, in both you and I opinion, classic songs. Yes. Stone Cold Classics. Stone Cold Classics, where you're thinking, this may be the best U2 record of all time. Yes. Well, then, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) What happens? (laughs) It all falls down around their ears. Now... This has always been really weird to me. Even when it was out and everyone had the album and loved it, I always it always bugged me about this album that after those six songs, it just the album just such drops. a huge drop. It's crazy. It's like you've written six amazing songs. Write four more. Not even amazing. Like cl- some of the best songs of your career. Just yes. write four more. But four more. today I was driving around listening to it and I thought, wow, all those songs are so perfect. It must be so fucking hard to make these great, big, huge, epic pop songs. And then they must have just been like, fuck, we, we got to stop. Like we have we have to put five got, more songs. We got to put out a record. Yeah. Look, and, and, and here's the other thing. The last song, track 11, I'm fine with it because it's a closer. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So it's like, hey, you know what? You got seven and songs on a record. Track nine, I really like a lot. You can't be talking about New York, can you? No, right? no, no. Let me look at what it is. When I, uh, I don't even, I can't even. Let's can't put even on, let's put, okay, on, wi- put okay, on Wild. Here's on the it. next song, okay? Now, this is a song that the members of U2 say, yeah, this isn't very good. Do they? Yes. Good. 
Um, but Bono's kind of like, well, we needed a change of pace in the middle of the record. Do you mean change of pace from quality Bono? More like Bozo when you say something like that. Let's hear Wild Honey. By the way, I don't think this is a bad song. I just think that this is such a throwaway, like, I can't even sing it to you. It doesn't It, it doesn't even, the weird thing is, it doesn't sound like the rest of the record. No, it doesn't fit on the album at all. It's like if, if you made this for The Jungle Book, I'd be like, hey, that's kind of charming. Yeah, it should you be know, on like a soundtrack. Or an animated song about a bear going around, you know, yeah. hitting beehives, trying to get honey and like... Like slapping his dick <laughs> up against beehives. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It, it doesn't sound like the rest of the record. It's not about... Uh, the lyrics don't seem to be about the stuff that the rest of the record are at about. At all. And the weird thing about it, too, is that it's it sounds like they're trying... It, it's... It's trying to sound sort of loose, mm-hmm. but the production is a little too tight. It sounds a, a little, little too yeah. produced. It, it sounds a little too kind of thought out to yeah. be really loose and kind of spontaneous. Yeah, it's it's just a shrugger where you're like, well, and if that were if that were the only one, you're like, well, you know, okay, yeah. there's a clunker. Then you have peace on earth, with conceptually sounds good to me. Peace on earth, hey, wouldn't mind that happening in my lifetime. Yeah, but this song, man. Here we go. Let's hear some of it. This is Peace on Earth. I gotta say, when I read the Rolling Stone five-star review of this album, they said, Peace on Earth, an old-school U2. uh, I can't wait to see them live and watch people hold their lighters up to this classic U2 Mm -hmm. power ballad. Did you write another... Letters to them where you use the F word. But (laughs) did your daddy help you with that one? (laughs) But then when I heard the song, I literally thought maybe I have, maybe this CD has the wrong version or I don't know. Yeah, the wrong track listing. Yeah. It's fine. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds very unfinished to me. Yeah. It sounds to me like they did not finish this song. I'll say at least it fits in sort of like conceptually with the rest of the record. But I think to a fault, that's probably why they put it on the album because there's some B-sides that would be way better. What B-sides do you like better than... Well, I have my reworked oh, okay, that you okay, can't okay, leave we'll behind. Though. Okay, so this is Peace on Earth. We haven't gotten to the hook yet, so I'm, go- I'm going to... I don't think there really it. isn't one on this song. See, doesn't it sound almost like a demo? A long, long time. I don't know. Don't like it. Okay, so then you have When I Look at the World. This is a song you say you like. I, this is a good song. I can't even hum it. I don't even remember. Like, I li- see the title and it's I don't know It's got a really it good chorus and it's good. It's not ringing any bells to me and I just listened to this record. Remember this? Not really. That's, that's the problem with some of you two stuff is like... I just don't even remember it a second after. I feel like this is a good album track. I don't think it's like a classic, but I mm-hmm. I, I would keep it on the album. I don't think it's like a bad it's not, song at all. It's not bad. Not but that, at all. But here's, here's where we're getting into trouble is the first six songs being such classics. Yeah. How can you then put out the rest of the record being stuff that is just okay? Right. But th- I think this song is more than okay. I think this is very good, a very good song. Okay. And fully produced and realized. I think this song is... It does, sonically, it sounds okay to me. It right sounds now. to me that it's exactly what they wanted it to be. 
can't. I don't even know what the chorus is. Okay, wait, can you turn it up just slightly? Stop yelling at him. <laughs> Here it is. And the, the guitar solo at the bridge is really great. I, I like the guitar sound on it. Yeah. I guess I don't really love the melody. Yeah. It's, it's just okay to me. I don't know. But then, then... Then you have the outright stinker of the record. Um, okay, you've had a record that's all about openness, togetherness, reaching out to your fellow man. You know what this record needs? Is my personal feelings of one city. <laughs> yeah. Are they personal feelings? Is that what that... what? Because I couldn't make heads or tails of it today when I was listening to it. Not only that, but this comes out pre-9-11. It's a song called New York, if you wonder what song we're talking about. It's a song called New York. This comes out pre-9-11. If this song was any good at all, remember the days after 9-11, how they were playing Ryan Adams? Right. I still love you, New York. Yeah. Over and over and over. Yeah. If this song were any good at all, they that could have been a similar situation. But let's hear a little bit of. Are Nick. you saying it failed the 9/11 test? <laughs> it's like, guys, if you're gonna write a song, try to make it about 9/11 before 9/11 happened. I will say that at the Elevation tour when they played New York, it was a cool effect they had with the big scrim with the yeah. shadows. It was pretty. It was cool. a cool effect, but man, I looked at Cool Op and I was just like, oh boy. Yeah, and they, she was like, this. Let's read some of these lyrics. In New York, freedom looks like too many choices. In New York, I found a friend to drown out the other voices. Voices on the cell phone. Voices from home. Voices of the hard cell. Voices down the stairwell. In New York, just got a place in New York. Who gives a fuck where you just got a place? <laughs> Weirdo. Um, in New York, summers get hot. Fuck you. <laughs> but what, what comes after that? Well into the hundreds. Like I said, unfinished. You can't walk around the block without a change of clothing. Hot as a hairdryer in your face. Hot as a handbag and a can of mace. In New York. I just got a place in New York. It's not good. It is not good. Irish, Italians, Jews, and Hispanics. Religious nuts, political fanatics in the stew... Living happily, not like me and you. That's where I lost you in New York. Um, by the way, I was reading about this song yesterday. Yeah. And he cut out several verses. He cut out a verse about... Are you taking a picture of me? Yeah, because I just got a, a text from my betrothed that said, Are where you are guys you? still talking about <laughs> you too? Um. Um, yeah, he cut out several verses, uh, like one verse about Frank Sinatra. He's like, I didn't think that I could write a song about New York City without mentioning the man who sang about it. Oh, blue eyes. Frank Sinatra. This is where Bono gets annoying to me. Well, like I've said before, I think one of the great things about the band and about him mm -hmm. is that they overreach sometimes and that's the only way you can 
achieve greatness, I think. And I think Mm -hmm. without that overreaching, they wouldn't have got those first six songs. But as a result, you kind of, when you're bringing your arms back from that overreaching, if you get my metaphor, you bring, sometimes you bring back a couple stinkers that didn't quite survive the overreach. That's not funny. <laughs> oh, Nick Offerman <laughs> returned. I wasn't trying to be funny, Scott. Adam, that's not funny. <laughs> Thank um, you, Nick. Um, there, there is a point at the end of the song where he's just singing New York over and over again, where I'm yeah. like, where I was thinking today, I was like, if everything that led up to that was better, that could be kind of a cool... I thing? guess it, I, I, I feel it's also like a, appropriation. He was also trying to like write about Lou Reed. And yeah, stuff I thought he of likes. that today too because it sounded a little Velvet Undergroundy in some parts, and I yeah. thought maybe they were trying to tip the hat to. Velvet I don't know. I don't know what was happening, but it's just a, a pure shit show. It's just crazy that those songs made it onto an album that was clearly so strong. Mm-hmm. Like, just write four more songs. Yeah, like, someone say, "Hey, Bono." Leave your personal musings of the Big Apple at home. But that's the thing is they did have some other strong songs that... Mm-hmm. Here, let's hear the last one. This is Grace, which is an album closer, which is, is you know, it's it's a lot like 40 maybe, where it doesn't have to be the greatest song. Although I like 40 a lot. I would say 40 is a better song. Yeah, though. but this is this is fine, I think. I remember they would play this as people were... Have the lights mm-hmm. come up and people are leaving the... It's cool. I think, I think for an album... Like this, it's a good it's a good closer. Yeah. I like I like it when albums close with a little something, something a little more. Yeah. I like okay. an epic closer. Oh yeah. What about epic movie? Love epic movie. But they usually mellow out for their closer, right? <laughs> yeah, they're a little somber at the end. They it was weird. When I saw Epic Movie, I don't know if you stayed till the end of the credits. Oh, but yeah, when yeah, they yeah. showed all the victims of 9-11 in the credits. It was inappropriate. It was Especially weird. since they made fun of each name. <laughs> and turned their name into a fart pun. Because they, they spoofed each name. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's it's not time to spoof, guys. Why even include that at the end of your movie in the first place? It's like, I get it. You want to spoof Magneto and the X-Men. But, right, but the victims of nine eleven. Man, those Magneto jokes were strong. <laughs> so, what would you do to fix this album, Scott? This is Scott talking. Yeah, this is Scott. Um, that's a good question. I was actually listening to all of the B sides. Um, yeah, Summer Rain, Always, which is just the beautiful day, beautiful day an early version, not as good. Um, it's good though. It's not bad, but it's not beautiful yeah. day. Um, uh, Big Girls Are Best, which is actually a pop from the pop session. Sounds like pop, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then I was listening to there's some uh, on the uh, the record of of B sides that they put out called remastered, rebaked, or whatever, unreleased and rare. Right. Okay, there's certain songs from the All That You Can't Leave Behind sessions. I'll play one right now, Levitate. I don't like any of the B-sides. I found some that I liked a lot. What do you like? Love You Like Mad. All right, well, let me look for that. Okay, Love You Like Mad. This is Levitate. I think it's okay. I just don't think that it fits in with... With the record that uh, that I like. Yeah, I thought it was just okay. Let's hear Love You Like Mad. 
This is Love You Like Mad. From the all. I think it needs a little work, but the the chorus is. Is this the one that goes, Love You Like Mad? I don't. I don't know. Can I sing it again? Yeah. Love you like man. What do you think of my singing? We Lo- talk- I love it. You actually have a decent voice. I can't sing, so I don't even... How do you feel about that? Like, no. when you go to a U2 show, do you ever sing along, or do you just go, you know what? I lip sync. Really? Yeah, just so everyone thinks I'm singing along. Do you put on a show? Yeah. And everyone... They can't even watch the band. <laughs> Okay, wait. the the, the chorus is, comes. Let's quickly. let's let's hear the chorus. I think this is all right. By the way, what did you tell your betrothed? I said yes. <laughs> okay, here it is. Not, not yet. The pain never felt so good. No, no, that's not the chorus. Yeah, this is the lead up. Here it comes. It's catchy. I, it's I, good. It's it's certainly better than some of the. Yeah, and it sounds like it would be a great live show, a live song. I think that if he added some of the the chimey guitar to it, yeah, on that part, it would it would probably sound even. But better. it sounds unfinished. It sounds like they they didn't yeah. finish it. They just Which bailed. They, I, I don't believe they did. Because. I also really like the unfortunately titled "Flower Child." Oh boy, do you know I that song? I have it right here. I can't even get past the title. But let's. Hear I know some of the it. title is really bad. He has some bad titles, sometimes. but they never even say the words "Flower Child" in yeah, the song. Yeah, so don't call it "Flower Child." But this, I think, if you want to put something like "Wild Honey" on the album, put this on. This is a way better song. It sounds like an Oasis song. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit of "Flower Child." Bad. Yeah, but not not really all that I can't all that you can't leave behind either. I don't think. I think it's okay. Well, let's hear your your your. Okay. Here's my your better track listing. My track listing for all that you can't leave behind. I would go one through six. I would leave it alone. Leave it alone. It's perfect. It's perfect. You don't know you what? think? Come on. I toyed with moving in a little while to later in the album. I don't think you have to. Didn't work. Just didn't work. You listened to this version within a little while later. Yeah. And you said uh, the flow doesn't work. Doesn't work. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing with this sequencing. So, but after in it goes beautiful day, stuck in a moment, elevation, walk on, kite in a little while, side two starts. Really? So that that's just side one. That's, that's the just best, side one. That's the best side one in all of rock history. That is I may be five. No, that. no, no, no. Side two starts within a little while, of okay. course, because Kite is the fifth song. Okay. Side two starts within a little while. Right. Cool little palate cleanser. This is side two. In a little while. So I, I designed it as if it were Joshua Tree. Side one is all hits. Okay. Side two is no hits, but epic. Okay. What do we got? In a little while. In a little while. And then second song on side two, Electrical Storm. Oh, from their upcoming uh, Best Of. Which was a an All That You Can't Leave Behind song. Okay, I can see that. Great song. I'll play a little bit of that. Do you like that song? Yeah, I do. I think it's, it's really not my good. Fa- it's, I don't think it's like, wow, no, that's but so it's incredibly a, catchy. It's a really good album track. Yeah. It's kind of a big scope yeah, it didn't it didn't grab anyone, I think, no. as like uh, a great not the best single, maybe, but I always really, right. really dug that song. Right. 
Um, I'll play a little bit of it, by the way, but keep going. So after Electrical Storm, I have Love You Like Mad. Okay. Yeah, good. After Love You Like Mad, I have Flower Child. Oh, boy. All right. Because hoping they, you know, use a different title. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the William Orbit mix, by the way, of Electrical Storm. Is there another mix of it? I must have it somewhere. Hold on. Um, William Orbit is the only one I have. Really? You have a different mix of that? I have the just regular, regular. Okay, this is better. It's better? I've never heard this. Electrical Storm? I've only heard the William Orbit one. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they they put out the William Orbit one as, like, the, the official version. Oh, this must be the All That You Can't Leave Behind one. This must be, yeah. Okay. Um, so Flower Child, I thought, could be, like, a palate cleanser, sort of. Okay. And then I have When when I Look at the World, I kept that song. Okay, because you like that. Okay. And then the closer to the album is Ground Beneath Her Feet. Ground, we haven't talked about that. The ground beneath her feet, which they saved, because that was a bonus track on in parts of the world on yes. all that you can't leave behind. The ground beneath her, uh, her feet was on the Million Dollar Hotel soundtrack, yeah. which came out um, previous to this record, and um, is a is a really good song. I'm gonna it's look really good. Now. Yeah, and it's a great closer because you know how the song explodes at the end. Sort of In like a very U two like yeah, kind of like my cock when yeah. I take a look at pictures of you. It explodes, and the walls in- are covered in dick parts. <laughs> uh, by the way, Bono, come on the we would show. Love to have you on the show. <laughs> Do you think it's gonna happen? Oh yeah. <laughs> Here's the ground beneath our feet. Uh, this is a good song. I listened to it the other day. It's good. There's also, by the way, other. Uh, songs from that record, Stateless, right? Oh yeah, from 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 a Million Dollar yeah. Hotel. That that might work on. This is a good song. It's really. This would have worked out fine on this record. Don't you think it's a good closer though? Yeah, wouldn't be bad. Um, I think it's a real bummer that one of the songs I chose is called Flower Child. Yeah, that, that I like the song though. I listened to it a bunch today. Yeah, I just or I, twice. I, I can't get behind it. Flower Child, yeah. Yeah, just retitle it. Bono, you're constantly rewriting Do you think your... if it was retitled, it could sit on the album, or do you think I should get rid of it and just have it be a 10-song album? 10-song album isn't bad. I know. You know? Maybe I, w- I would just go Love You Like Mad to When I Look at the World. Uh, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> with our we, lives? We are both busy people. <laughs> I know. Look, we're I have a 6.45 a.m. call. Oh, my God. And it is 11 I o'clock. I have children. <laughs> yeah. Are your children going to listen to this podcast in the future when you're dead and go, this is what daddy spent his time on? I, I hope not. <laughs> this is Stateless, by the way, from the Million Dollar Hotel record. Where did you get that? Other mix of Electrical Storm. It's on the B-Sides disc of The Best Of. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, but I I have all that shit. Yeah, it sounds like you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's assess this album now. We're 14 years in hindsight. 14. We've lived through it. Years ago. We've listened to it again. I have to say that this... 
it's still the first six songs are still so good. The first six songs, yeah, are still yeah. so good that I I enjoy listening to this record. But you know, I turn it off after track six. Yeah, never really listened to the to it after track. You six. weren't even familiar with when I look at the world. I can't remember it. I yeah. see, I can't even remember it right now. We just heard it. I can't remember how it goes. Yeah, you know, today when I listened to the album all the way through, I was I re, I had I hadn't listened to Peace on Earth or New York, or Grace, mm-hmm. or Wild Honey all the way through in years, because those are always just... Right, skip, skip them. Yep. Yeah, I think it's just the, on the strength of those six songs, though, it's a classic album. There's no avoiding it. Yeah, I mean, here's... here's I had this thought. Um, it's... This is, to me... The, f- the first of two albums where you two kind of said, we give up in a way and hmm. said, you know what? We're not going to try to make anything artful. We're going to make 11 four-minute songs that sound really good, that are really great choruses. They were going to try. Yeah. But we're not going to make an artistic statement with this record akin to the statement that we made with uh, the Unforgettable Fire or Joshua Tree or Pop even. I think that they were making an artistic statement You with don't pop. think just making, doing what you're really great at and writing great songs is an artistic statement? It's a different kind of statement. And you know what? I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone just saying, hey, I'm going to go back and do what I do best. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. That said, I think that they, when, when they went from war to unforgettable fire and they called up sourpuss. Yeah. And they said, Hey man, smile once in your yeah. life and get over here and produce the unfor- unforgettable. But fire. you have to be smiling. <laughs> you have to smile once for us. Just once. Can you do that once? Right. Um, I think that they were trying to not be the who remember we talked about yeah. that in a previous episode. They weren't trying to just make pop songs. They were trying to make an artistic statement. I think that on this record, they're kind of like The Who for me. They're like doing... All That You Can't Leave Behind. Yeah. They're doing pop songs. And they're doing, you know, they they put together a collection of 11 songs, six of which hold together really well and are sequenced really well, and five that are just whatever. Yeah. And But there's nothing so... They're not shooting for the moon or anything. They're you, just, so you don't think these those first six songs are so good that they transcend that a little bit? They probably do. They're, they, it, it, and if all 11 were this good, I still would kind of go, hey, where... Where are the kind of weird one-minute instrumentals? Uh-huh. Where where are the ambient textures? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that this record is them just kind of going... That you know, hey, let's give them what they want, and I think that yeah. continued for a couple of records, and that's my only knock on it because yeah. I think the six songs are great. I really love them, but I kind of don't. I kind of would have to say, guys, you got these six songs now. Fill fill it out with some interesting yeah. stabs at making interesting music, yeah. instead of five stabs at just subpar yeah. songs. That's my only thing about this record and why I can't say that it is a classic record. I think those six songs are fantastic. Yeah, I I guess I would hold back from calling it a classic record just because a little less than half of it um, doesn't or work. Or I, I say 
four songs I think aren't great because I like when I look at the world. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it saying this is a return to form and saying this is a return, they're back to basics album. I think it actually isn't. I mean, there's so much electronic, there's so many electronic flourishes on this album. No, it I actually is a lot like pop in a way. Yeah, their next album is way more back to basics. It's like they're in utero in a way. Mm-hmm. It's really just a, an electric guitar album. It's not time to talk about that. But I will say that we've talked about you 2 on this episode, I have to say. The band? <laughs> yeah. If you've never heard of them, undoubtedly you know. Is this a two-hour episode? I believe it is. We're Yeah. That went by quickly. A little over two, I think. Um, it went by quickly. You know, this is the only one we did tonight. Maybe that that's how we do it. Yeah. Um, this was a good episode. I had fun. I hope you had fun. I had fun. We did, uh, we got I Love Films in there. We haven't talked about Harry Potter. Any Harry Potter update? We got, uh, talking about money in there too. We did. We didn't get education. No Harry Potter update, unfortunately. Nothing. What's going on with you? We just haven't gotten back to it. Like, what do you. do your kids just go, you know what, that Harry Potter, you know, that chapter, it ended with a big cliffhanger. I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. I'm not interested in wizards. Really? They're just not interested? They don't give a shit about cliffhangers. What but they that? did love the Sylvester Stallone movie Cliffhanger. What if that had ended in a cliffhanger? That would have been the greatest movie of all time. Just all of a sudden he's like hanging off the top of a cliff and goes, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this to be continued. We should end this episode on a cliffhanger. We really should. Hey, man. Put that away. Why? Because I don't like you pointing. Hey. How about this? What? Or this. (laughs) Or that. (laughs) We'll see you next week. And you'll find out what happened on... By the way, we hope you found... What you're looking for next week, get ready for how to dismantle an atomic bomb. Maybe, maybe. And and a big bombshell. Once again, thanks to Quello for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure to stop by Quello.com slash VIP U2Talk. That's Q. E-L-L-O dot com slash V-I-P slash U2Talk for a free trial. And you can see some great full-length HD concerts and documentaries from your favorite musicians. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead Hey Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shakin? Yes! President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? 
We definitely have. We've got celebs, people like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one-of-a-kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.